You are listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Welcome to another Wednesday episode, and these, if you've been following for a while, are shorter than our long-form interviews on Monday, and usually it's a meditation, but I wanted to do something a little different this time, and I wanted to have you, the listener, throw some questions my way so we can have a conversation about what you're interested in, what is sparking your interest right here and now. So I'm so glad to field these questions that you sent me on my Instagram. If you haven't already, definitely go ahead and follow me at Motherhood Unstressed. Um, I do so much in my Insta stories. That's really where you get a behind-the-scenes look at my life and, and how I stay balanced and calm and really what the core of the Motherhood Unstressed community is all about is in those Insta stories. So definitely go check that out. If you love this episode, please share it with one friend. Please leave us a review. It takes five seconds on Apple Podcasts. And buckle up, because we are going deep into your questions. This episode is sponsored by Motherhood Unstressed CBD. You can purchase our third-party tested, organic, USA-grown hemp in stores across the country or at motherhoodunstressed.com. This episode is brought to you by Beekeepers Naturals. And who are they? Well, they are a wellness company specializing in innovative nutraceuticals made from healing hive compounds and plant-based ingredients. And they are doing a special for Motherhood Unstressed listeners. If you go to beekeepersnaturals.com slash unstressed, you will receive 15% off your purchase. Or you can just input the discount code unstressed when you're ready to check out. And I've been trying all the products over the past few weeks and they are so rich, so good. And I think when, you know, you think about honey, you don't really think about all that goes into it. Um, and this is a company that's doing really amazing things for sustainability. So they're working with bees. They're getting the best possible products. They're giving you the honey that the bees generally feed to the queen. Um, so it's really the top of the line, but then they're also doing it in a responsible way, which I think is really important. Uh, in this day and age. Um, and actually one of my favorite products that I've come to find is the Belixir and it's made with royal jelly and ginkgo biloba and all of these interesting compounds, adaptogens. And when you take it, it is a shock, but I tell you, you will feel so focused and so energized and there's no caffeine in it. Um, it's a really amazing and strange product that I'm now addicted to (laughs) in the best possible way. So again, head over to beekeepersnaturals.com slash unstressed and try out your elixir or honey today. All right. Our first question is about CBD and obviously CBD is my world right now. I have my own line, um, but I'm always reading the latest research and, and staying up on all the new studies that are coming out because they are so fascinating. And this question is about CBD and addiction. And the person said, uh, would CBD conflict with an abstinence-based recovery plan from substance abuse? And this is really an interesting field because really, especially in the United States from the 2018 Farm Bill, we're really just now um, able to study this cannabinoid uh, and get funding to study this cannabinoid. And one 2018 study revealed um, that CBD not only prevents addictive behavior Uh, after seven days of using it, but it actually prevents it from reoccurring for up to five months. And this was an animal study, and they gave the participants CBD uh, once a day for seven days. And that low dose alone prevented them from going towards the addicting substances that they had available. 
and this lasted up to five months. So hearing that study was just truly incredible and really encouraging for all those people out there who were suffering from alcohol addiction, cigarette addiction, opioid addiction. There is a natural and healthy solution out there um, available now, and it's completely legal. So thank you for that question. That was really, uh, it was fun to be able to research that and share that with you. Okay, our next question is, how did you get into shape after having kids? And this is a question I get a lot because I'm always posting, you know, that I'm running or at the gym and, you know, people are always like, oh, that's, that's nice. (laughs) Especially my sister. Like, oh, well, you get to go work out. That's great. But even when I worked at a traditional corporate office, or really it was the government, I made working out a priority in my life. Um, And really, when you first have kids, you are so rocked mentally, emotionally, physically. Working out is really the last thing on your mind. It was the last thing on my mind, too. Um, But once you kind of get your balance back, I think it's a great idea to make that part of your life non-negotiable. And this is something that I talk about a lot um, because it's like we, we make everyone else and everything else the priority in our lives. Um, often forsaking our bodies. And really, when you don't have a strong body, if you don't have that going for you, you're not going to want to do anything else. You're not going to have the energy to do anything else. And I know you say this to people and and they understand it, but really what I want to hit home is you've got to have a come to Jesus talk with yourself and say, hey, you know, my my body and how I, I move around in the world matters. And I'm going to do whatever it takes, even if it's 20 minutes a day on your yoga mat by your bed, which is what I do every single morning if I can get out of bed. <laughs> and, and you do that because it's, it's not only physically beneficial, but it's emotionally beneficial. It's you proving to yourself that you care. You care about yourself. And you yeah, you care how you look. You care how you present yourself to the world. And it's, it matters. And it is a reflection of how you think about yourself and how you feel about yourself. And the easiest way I can help others is just to say, hey, this is something that you are going to make non-negotiable. If you have to get up a little bit earlier to do a 15-minute HIIT workout, to knock out some push-ups, to do some sit-ups, do it. It's worth it. You will feel so much better. You will get that oxygen flowing. You will produce those cannabinoids from your endocannabinoid system in your body, which we all need, and you will just go throughout your day feeling 10 times better. Um, You don't have to go run a half marathon. You don't have to run a 5K or anything like that. I mean, that's, that's great if you're into that and that's a goal that you set for yourself, but really it comes down to saying, you know, I love myself. I'm gonna take care of myself as much as I take care of everyone else around me, and I matter. And when you, when you really make that decision, working out is, it, it's effortless. And yeah, there might be some days where you're just like, oh, I just not, I'm not feeling it. But that's when that discipline comes in and you remember why you decided that you were going to make self-care and working out the priority in your life. Um, and you just really have to, have to go back to that initial moment and that decision. Um, so yeah, that's my best advice for getting your body back after baby. It's not so much about, oh, I need to do this. I need to work out three to five times a week. No, it's that mental decision that you matter, your body matters, and nothing 
And no one is going to get in your way from taking care of yourself. That's it. Once you make that decision, your body will, will immediately go back. I promise you. Maybe not right away, but you'll get there. Okay. Our next question is, what do you do to stay balanced? And <laughs> if you've listened to this show long enough, you know that balanced is a naughty word. It's not a real word. I mean, it is a real word, but does it really mean anything in, in today's world? I don't know. Um, so for me, it's not so much that I stay balanced because I think that that's just not real. Um, it's more that I do things to help me feel good throughout the day, right? Like my goal in every single day is to be happy. That's it. That's my goal. And, and that hasn't always been my life far from it. I didn't even realize that that was what I should have been aiming for all along. Um, it was when I read Goldie Hawn's book, um, the Lotus in the Mud or something like that. It's one of her books. Just Google it. And it, she was uh, autobiography on her life. And she talked about, you know, when she was a little girl, people would ask her what she wanted to be when she grew up. And she would reply, happy. And I read that line and it was like, oh, of course, right? Like, oh, of course. All the egoic action, all the competing, all of the stress, that, that has nothing to do with creating a really beautiful, balanced, happy life. So from that point on, I really reframed how I thought about balance and happiness and what my goals were in life. And so to stay balanced, like I said, I do things that make me happy Um, because I feel like when you're happy, you feel balanced, you feel good. Um, So I do things like meditate. I do things like working out. I do things like eating a green smoothie once a day, even when it's cold outside, which it is now. Um, doing those little things that, that make me feel good, that make me happy, that make me want to be present with my kids and present with my husband. Because when you're coming from a place of true, unadulterated happiness, you're, you're golden, you're good, you're in life fully, and you're really there to, to be there and to make a change. And even if it's just a change in your family, you know, how you look at your child before he goes off to school, the things that you say to them, that has the potential to change their entire day. And I see that. I see that. I always, in the mornings, try to create a really calm, beautiful mood in the house. And it used to be, I'm not even lying, it used to be the most stressful time of my day. I'd be running to get to the train, to get to Midtown, you know, to sit in an office for eight hours a day, which now, like, just boggles my mind that I did that for 10 years. Um, but now it's like I put on music and we make breakfast and we laugh and we talk and sometimes the kids are in, you know, bad moods or they're tired. And instead of snapping at them, like I used to, I'm just like, Hey, like I'm here, you know, what's going on. And that to me really speaks to living a more balanced life, you know, filling your cup first. I guess that's really what I'm trying to say. You've got to fill your cup first. You've got to do the things that make you happy. And when you say it like that, it sounds really simple. But you know what? It can be. If you kind of just let go of the reins, figure out, you know, what do I like to do? What would I do those things? 
Do I feel elated? And do I feel full of joy? What are those things? Like, hell, make a list, write it down, and then do those things. (laughs) And even if at first it seems overwhelming, you know, it's not like you have to do all the things on the list. Just pick one every day. Maybe you meditate. Maybe you go outside and take a five to 10 minute walk around your neighborhood. Maybe you, you know, kiss your partner. I mean, maybe like figure it out, like figure out what makes you tick and then do that. And then you will feel happier. And then all of a sudden you will feel more balanced and life will seem to flow. And instead of reacting to things in your life, you're really just living life and and opportunities and the right people and the right things will flow to you. I mean, it's, it really is like a miracle when you kind of switch how you think about things and switch what what you're going after. You know, what's your end goal? Is it a huge bank account? But if you're miserable, like does that does that really matter? Is that really a great thing? Or is it happiness? And then all of a sudden, through you being happy, your bank account increases because you're not spending money on things to cover up, you know, emotional situations going on with you. All right, now we are to the second to last question. And it is, I work a ton and I'm a mom and feel guilty. How do you let that go? And I get it. I mean, I didn't leave my traditional job until this past May. So for both of my boys' entire lives, I worked full time and I actually went back to work after about eight or nine weeks because I was out of leave. Um, And, you know, of course, you know, you're granted 12 weeks of FMLA in the United States. Um, which if you're overseas right now listening to this, you're probably shaking your head. I mean, the United States maternity leave policy is atrocious. Uh, We all know that. Um, But anyway, yeah, I went back to work because I was out of leave and I had to work. So my guilt started early, early on. And especially when you're a new mom, you already feel guilty anyway. You already feel like you're failing. So then to be away from your child you know, back at the office, there's a lot of mixed emotions that come up with that. Um, And I think my best advice is just to, when you are home with your baby, when you're there on the weekends, really, really be there, you know, put the phone aside, get in there, get on the floor with your baby, you know, just enjoy every single minute. Um, And then, you know, when you have to go back to work and, and drop your kid off at daycare, Okay, you know, you, well, while you were together, you had some really beautiful moments and you bonded with your baby and that means something. I mean, there are people who are full-time stay-at-home moms and they're not really there with their kids. You know, they're doing a million other things. They're not really present. And who's to say that that's a better situation for the child, you know? So I think life isn't going to be any easier. You know, we all have to work. You might as well do the best that you can when you are there with your child. Really, really be present. And that's what I want to hit home. Sometimes I say that and I get kind of a blank stare back from people. What I mean by being present is don't think about what's already happened. Don't think about what you have to do next. Just literally focus on your breathing, focus on the other person, in, like be fully in your body when you're in a conversation with someone, even if it's with your child and be in that space. And it sounds kind of strange to even talk about it because I think most of us think that we're always present, but when you really start to kind of get outside of your body and observe, you notice that most people aren't present. 
um, you know, whether it's at work or with your family or friends, even when you're out with your friends, sometimes I'll look around and everyone's on their phone or they're just distracted. And it's like, man, like, what are we doing? Um, so yeah, mom guilt really isn't going anywhere. You know, you're always going to have it. That's the reality. Um, but when you are with your child, just enjoy it, soak it up. We all know how fast they grow up. Um, and then when you have to go back to work, let any kind of guilt or any kind of stress melt away because it's not going to change anything, you know, until you make a change or if you're going to make a drastic change and change your life, great. But until then, you know, be there with your child. And when you're not with your child, be there fully in your work and, and live your life. All right. So our last question is, Ooh, this is a good one. Um, I'm thinking of starting a podcast. Where do I begin? And this is one I get a lot too, especially now that podcasts are becoming more and more popular. Um, and anyone who asks me that, you know, I'm always like, yes, do it. It's the greatest thing in the world because it is. <laughs> it's a chance for you to really share your voice and, and reach an audience that's interested in what you have to say and what you want to bring um, to the table. And, and it is overwhelming at first, I think, if you're not, if you've never done this before, but you know what? There's a lot of things that you probably haven't done before that you learned. Um, and so really the first thing practically that I tell people to do is, okay, what is the show going to be about? You need to be super, super clear on that. You need to niche down to a topic, um, to a category and, and get really clear about that. What is, what's been weighing on your heart or on your mind that you want to share with the world? Because with podcasts, it reaches the far regions of the world, which to me is so thrilling. Um, so get really clear about what you want to talk about and then get really clear. Are you going to do a podcast every week, you know, twice a week? What's your plan? Like some people do podcasts every couple weeks um, and, and really write down all of those things. What's the show going to be about? Am I going to have interviews? It's just going to be me. Um, how often am I going to release a show? Am I going to hire an uh, producer? Am I going to hire someone to edit the sound? Am I going to learn the sound myself? Um, so all of those things are, are questions you need to ask, but you know, that's all stuff that you can figure out and Google and YouTube. I mean, the, there's so many resources, but once you have your mission statement, your purpose about what you want to put out into the world, I think that to me was the most critical step in the whole process. Once you decide, okay, I'm going to do this and this is what it's going to be about. Everything else can be figured out and learned. Um, and so, yeah, definitely do it. If you've been thinking about doing this, this is your sign. You should absolutely do it. And it's not like something that, you know, costs a lot of money. Like it's so accessible. You know, as long as you have a computer and a microphone, you pay for, you know, Lipsyn, uh, which is the hosting platform for your podcast to uh, sit on. Like it's really, it's actually quite accessible. So, you know, and, and especially too, like if you own a business or, you know, if you're interested in podcasting and, you know, you could bring it up to your boss and say, hey, like, I think we should do a podcast on this. You know, it's relevant to the work that we do. Like, it is the best way to get your business, to get your message out to a large audience that's actually interested in what you're talking about. And yes, there's marketing involved and you've got to learn all of that. But again, it's it's all figure outable, <laughs> if that's a word. Um, and it's just a really exciting way to express yourself and to, you know, get your voice heard 
um, if that's what you want to do, if that's what you want to put out into the world. So yes, I highly, highly recommend it. It absolutely changed my life for the better. I mean, starting this podcast just opened up so many doors for me, so many opportunities, you know, got me on the TEDx stage. It allowed me to really hone my voice and find my voice. And so when I did step out on that stage, I felt confident and I felt comfortable in what I was talking about because I'd had hundreds of conversations with others about life and about, you know, what, what my view on life was. So when I got on the stage, I, I already kind of knew what I was going to say. I mean, I, I was there. I'd, I'd done it so many times. So yes, start a podcast. Do it. Guys, I love answering these questions. This is so much fun. I definitely want to do this again. Um, if you miss, you know, if when I announce it on my Insta stories, just send me a question at my website at motherhoodunstressed.com or on Instagram at motherhoodunstressed. I'll store it away and keep it for the next time that I do one of these. This was really, really fun. Thank you for your questions. And uh, I hope you have a fabulous day. This is your moment. Your moment to move forward and make progress. It's time to see where an education can take you. For over 130 years, Strayer University has been at the forefront of change, offering programs that help students like you get ahead and stay ahead, so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by Chef.